glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. From the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Literally, what that says to us is that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God, hearing the anointed utterances from the Christ. How many of you have ever heard from the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ? I think it's very important for us to realize that faith does not come by having heard, but faith comes by hearing, continuous hearing. Really, the very beginning of our faith starts by hearing. How many, how did you get saved? Someone told you you could be. Someone preached the gospel to you, right? And the gospel was preached. You acted upon what you heard and you got saved. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Not only will faith come to you by hearing what the Word of God says and what God has said, but also what is He currently saying to you? What is He currently saying? You see, I believe this, that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us to place in our hearts a word in season. We all have different seasons of our life, and the Word of God is for every season of our life. But we find ourselves in some seasons, in some situations, where quite frankly, we really need a word from God. And thank God we've got the written word, and we can stand on the written word, but there are times we need a word from heaven in our particular situation, in our particular season, that fits the occasion that we are in at the time. And when you receive a word from the Christ in whatever season you are in and whatever you are going through, faith will come and you will be able to make it through that difficult situation. You'll be able to make it through any and every season of your life because if God be for you, who can be against you? Say with me real strong, God is for me. He is not against me. So faith for healing also comes by hearing the Word of God. I believe firmly in my heart that we ought to have God's Word firmly fixed in our spirits concerning divine healing. We ought to be able to know where the Scripture is. We ought to be able to read it, memorize it, meditate on it, so when that Word is needed, it just flows abundantly out of our heart. You know, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Scriptures like this, thank God himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live to righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. I like what Fred Price says. He says, if you were healed, you are healed. And if you are healed, you is healed. I'm looking at the healed. I'm looking at the ones that were healed, that are healed, that is healed. Look at your neighbor and say, you is healed. I am the healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there's something about hearing the word that will enable you to see yourself with what the word says about you. Now, for instance, look at Proverbs chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 20 through 22. Very interesting verses of scripture. Solomon is writing here and he says, my son, attend to my words. In other words, give my word first place. Or give attention to my word. Amen? Attend to my word. Then he goes on to say in the next verse, Incline thine ear unto what? 
Or in other words, listen to what I have to say. So as we are inclining our ears to hear his word, we can expect faith to come for whatever we're hearing. Amen? Amen? He says, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Next verse. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Very interesting. After your ears are inclined to hear his sayings, then you will be able to let his words not depart from before your eyes. Simply put, God's word will paint a picture of your redemption on the inside of you. God's word will paint a picture of your healing on the inside of you. God's word will paint a picture of your overcoming on the inside of you. And if you will attend to the word and climb your ear to your saints, you are bound to see yourself with what God says is already yours. Amen. Say with me, I'm bound to see myself with what God already says is mine. See, there's a principle in the word of God called hearing and seeing and doing. You cannot do unless you first heard. I encourage you not to step out in foolishness or presumption because someone else told you to do something. you got to hear from God and hear from heaven for yourself. Amen. 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 Keep them, my words, in the midst of thy heart. Next verse. For they, my words, are life unto those that, what? Find them. And they are health or medicine to all of their flesh. Amen. Hearing, seeing, and doing. Hearing, seeing, and doing. It is a life principle from the Word of God that I believe that we can take hold of today and we can feed on all week long and have it be a principle in our lives to where, have I heard from heaven? Am I really being able to see myself with that? And I'm able to do that. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 10. And I'll show you this principle in a couple of places today. Say it with me. Thank God. His word is real. His word is alive. Amen. In Philippians 4, 6, Paul said this. He said, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? So is Paul giving them some instruction? Understand this, that he's writing to the church at Philippi, but he's also writing to the church in Hayward. He's writing to the church in the Bay Area. And first of all, he tells us, don't worry about anything, every, anything but pray about everything. And when you pray, make sure you add your thanksgiving to it. Amen? And then he says it's very important how you think. If you want to maintain peace in your life, you've got to think right. You've got to think right. You can't afford to think on things that are ugly. Think on things that are, that are outside of the will and the plan of God. You must align your thoughts with the mind of Almighty God. Having the mind of Christ means letting this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Thinking the thoughts of God. 
Now notice with me in the next verse, verse 9. Those things, evidently, the church at Philippi learned a lot from Paul. Didn't they? Didn't they? He says, those things which you have learned and those things which you have received by watching my life and by hearing me preach and by living my life before the Lord in a godly manner, those things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. I want you to notice that principle. Hearing, (coughs) seeing, and doing. Did they hear a lot from Paul? Did they see a lot from Paul? So he says, what you've heard and what you've seen, I want you to do. And as you do what you've heard and do what you've seen, guess what will happen? The God of Shalom, of nothing missing and nothing broken, will be with you. The God of peace will see you through. The God of peace will always cause you to triumph. The God of peace will cause you to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. You will win in life and you will reign as a king through the Lord Jesus Christ. Say with me, hearing, hearing. and seeing, and and doing. There's no way that you and I would be sitting in this building today if as a congregation we didn't hear from heaven. You've got to hear from heaven. When you go into a multi, multi multi-million dollar building project, you don't want to just step out Because all your friends in the Midwest have big buildings, you want to step out because God said step out. But if we try to step out without God saying step out, we'll go down the drain. But we didn't step out when God said step out. We stepped out on the Word of God and He led us and guided us. And we're here today. I know that came out wrong, but you got the point. Don't step out until God says step out. And when you step out from what you've heard, then you'll be able to do what God called you to do. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Lord. Now, where did Paul get this from? Where did he get this principle of hearing and seeing and doing? He must have got it from the Master. How many of you know that Jesus did not live an independent life? He did not live his life separate from the Father's guidance and from the Father's leading. Amen. Now I want you to look over at John chapter 5. And I want you to notice some scriptures along this line. John the 5th chapter and the 30th verse. Hallelujah. See, what you hear is what you'll see. And what you see is what you'll be able to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. I'm glad Brenda Edwards heard Mary Mark Thomas. I'm glad she could see herself marrying this ex-hippie from Minnesota. But now we're doing it for 37 years. We're doing life together for the glory of God. Now notice, this is what Jesus did. He, he gave us this example, and this will help you so much. When you face the decisions of life, when you face those seasons of life, 
When you have questions that have not yet been answered, you've got to hear from him. Notice with me in verse 30. He says, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but I seek the will of him that sent me. Now look at the uh, message translation in verse 30 and 31. Jesus says this. I can't do a solitary thing on my own. I listen, I hear, and then I decide. He says, you can trust my decision because I'm not out to get my own way, but only out to carry out his orders. The Father is the commander-in-chief. The steps of a good man are ordered by him. Amen? So we see here, first of all, we see this principle of hearing. He's hearing from his Father. Now turn over to John chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 19. He says something about seeing here. In John 5, 19, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself. You know, it's a good day when we realize that without him, we can't do anything. That's why it is so important to be vitally united to the vine at all times. But what he sees the Father do, what things soever he does, these also does the Son. So we see Jesus completely dependent upon his Father. He woke up a great while before day, and he would go into a solitary place, and there he would pray. And while he was praying, he would hear from heaven. And he would be able to see himself do what was about to be done that very day. He heard, he saw, and he did. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, if he needed to hear, how much more do we need to hear? If he needed to see, how much more do we need to see? Amen? Amen. What an example for us to follow. Not living independently of him. Not just going him out and making the best decision that we possibly can through our reasoning and through our rationalization. But rather looking to heaven so that we can hear from heaven. How many of you today have questions that have yet to be answered? How many of you today have things that you need to hear from him on? Well, I submit to you, call unto him. Call unto him. And what will he do? He will answer you. And he will show you great and hidden things that you don't know. You see, there are some things that are hidden from our head. But I'm telling you, the wisdom of God is in your heart. And it is a wise man or a wise woman that learns to draw from the wisdom of God that's on the inside. See, the Bible says that wisdom in the heart of man is like deep waters. But a man or a woman of understanding, what will they do? They will draw this wisdom out. The best way I know to draw the wisdom out from my heart so it gets to my head is by praying in the Spirit. 
And as you pray in the Spirit, He will make known the will and the plan of God for your life. You'll be able to see it. You'll be able to seize it. You'll be able to do it. And the God of Shalom will be with you. Listen, I want God with me in everything I do. I refuse to live independently of Him. The Bible says in Him we live. In Him we move. And in Him we have our being. Listen, I, I, I want to encourage you. Don't just go out there and start a business unless you've heard from God. Are you anti-starting businesses? No, I'm for hearing from God. And if God wants you to start that business, then you'll be able to see yourself as a success and you'll be able to walk in it. But we must not do things just because Uncle Joe did it. Or our best friend Bill did it. Or our sister in the Lord Betty did it. Well, they did this thing, and they're multimillionaires. Yeah, they're going by what God said to them. But God, what's said to them, is not necessarily the same God that's going to speak to you to do it. Amen. I'm not living independently of my own accord. It's in Him we live. In Him we move. And in Him we have our being. Turn with me to John 6, if you would, in verse 63. Don't try to do something without hearing from Him. Don't try to do something without seeing yourself doing what you heard. Amen? Say it with me. Hear, see, and step out, and do. Look with me over here at John 6:63. A couple of Wednesday nights ago we went over this. But I want to go over it again because it is so good. In John 6, and notice with me in verse 63, Jesus talks about the Spirit of God and the Word of God. So when we're talking about hearing from heaven, we hear from the Word, but we also hear from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Notice in verse 63, he says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. Amen. He says, The flesh profits what? How much does your flesh really profit you? Didn't profit you nothing. And last time I checked, nothing times nothing ain't nothing. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. Listen, friends, works of the flesh, living our life out of the flesh, living our life out of a carnal way will profit us nothing. Amen? Amen. But thank God the spirit will quicken you. And I've discovered this, that the Holy Spirit will quicken a word to me. The Holy Spirit will quicken a word to me in a particular situation that I'm going through currently and presently. And when the Holy Spirit quickens a word to you, what that is called is a rhema. It is a utterance from the Christ and from the Spirit of Christ. It is a word, if you will, in season. Amen? The Spirit of God will quicken a word to you. He will quicken and make alive and give you help in your season that you're in. Notice with me, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profits nothing. And then he said, the words that I speak unto you, what are they? They are spirit and life. So not only do we have the Holy Spirit quickening us, but we also have the word of God quickening us. The word of God is spirit And the word of God is life. It is life. 
So this faith that God has placed on the inside of you, this faith doesn't come by having heard. This faith that lives in you comes by currently hearing what God is saying to you today. How many of you need a now word? How many of you need a word today? A today word. You know, it's miraculous how God does it. Because as you're faithful to feed on God's word, and as you're faithful to feed your faith in a general way, he will take that which you have fed on the inside of you, and in a situation, he'll quicken it to you, or he will bring it to your remembrance. And that's what God is currently saying to you about that situation you're in right now. See, the Bible says that many times in life we face tests and trials and temptations, right? The scripture talks about different types of tests, different types of temptations, amen, and different types of trials. Now, I've faced them and you've faced them. And we don't want to, you know, turn the service over to top that tragedy testimony time. But in the midst of the test, I want you to know that God is there. He is there. And he is there to quicken you. And he is there to put you over. And he is there to give you a word in season. For example, there are certain types of tests and certain types of trials that we may face that God will tailor make a word for you on what you should be doing in that season. Amen? For example, sometimes he may just say to you, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to praise yourself right through the storm. I want you to worship me and praise me like Paul and Silas worshiped me and praised me. Amen? Or in other times, during a temptation, test, or trial, he might say, I want you to open my word and I want you to speak the word of God over this situation. You see, he will tailor make for you, in your particular situation, a word in season. Hallelujah. Now, one thing that is important for us to do is do what David did. Look over at 1 Samuel chapter 30. David was a man after God's own heart. And David was a man that constantly was looking to the Lord. Or we could say it this way, he was constantly asking the Lord questions. You know, back in 2013, we had a prayer seminar with Patsy Caminetti. How many of you were there? Several of you were there. And Patsy said that the Lord spoke to her at the top of the year in 2013 to ask me questions that only I can answer. Ask me questions that only I can answer. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting counsel from wise men and wise women. But at the end of the day, you cannot go and operate by what someone else has to say. You can get counsel, you can gain wisdom, but at the end of the day, you've got to look to God for his counsel. Ask him questions that only he can answer. David was constantly inquiring of the Lord. Let's look at an example of this in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Everyone say, hearing, Hearing. seeing, and doing. doing. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Notice this with me.
And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day. Now the word Ziklag in the Hebrew means a city that's overwhelmed with grief. Not a good situation. And on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And had taken the women captives that were therein. And they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Notice with me in verse 5. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam and Jerilazadis to Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. That's a mouthful. And David was greatly distressed, for this people spoke of stoning them. I guess so. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, first and foremost, encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I wonder, do you think there was anybody in that crowd that was going to encourage him? No. 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 David had to know how to encourage himself in the Lord. Amen? One translation says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. All right? So he encouraged himself in the Lord. And then what he did is, and David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod, And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord. Say that with me. And David David. inquired of the Lord. So an inquiry of the Lord is simply asking him questions. Remember the Lord said, ask me questions that only I can answer. Ask me questions that only I can answer. And this is what David was doing. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail you will recover everything. Now, as you track this story through, David pursued. And David went for it. And he overtook them. And they recovered everything that they lost. Isn't that awesome? But I want you to notice the principle here. Is David first went to headquarters. He first asked him the questions. God could have said, no, don't pursue. Just let it be and let it go. And he would have had to do that. But he went to the Lord so that he could be sure-footed that when he went to overtake them, they would prevail. And so there is a principle here that is exceedingly important for you and for I. And that is inquiring of the Lord. Asking him questions that he and he only can answer. I'm here to tell you, folks, that God knows exactly what's best for your life. God knows whether you should go here or not go there. God knows whether you should do this or not do that. About a year ago, I had a huge decision to make. 
And I can't really tell you all the ins and outs of the decisions because it's a personal matter. But I had a major, major decision to make that could impact my life in either a positive way or a negative way. And I, I went to the Lord on it and I did all of my due diligence, if you will. I did all of my homework. I, uh, I, I did everything that I knew to do in the natural. But all the time, I was waiting for that direction. And I was waiting for that witness on the inside of me. You know, should I do this, Lord, or I shouldn't I do it? And I was just about ready to pull the trigger. And I'm not talking about a gun. I'm not talking about suicide. I'm not talking about running away with another woman. I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about a personal matter in my own individual life. And I was just about to pull the trigger, but the Lord just checked me on it. The Lord just checked me on it and showed me, don't do that. That's not right for you at this time. Don't do it. Don't do it. When you get a don't do it, you know what that means? You get a don't do it from the Lord, you better not do it. Because I'm sure that if I would have had and done what I fully intended to do, it could have cost me. And it could have cost this church. And so thank God for the Spirit of God. I said thank God for the Holy Spirit. I said thank God for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So now currently I'm facing another major decision. And I'm circling the city. And I'm just seeking God on what to do and how to do it and when to do it and all those types of things. So I'm seeking the Lord. I'm looking to Him. I'm doing my due diligence. But at the end of the day, I want God's witness. And in, in the beginning of the service, I hope you don't take lightly a word in season. The Lord spoke to some of you today to hold steady. Now, holding steady does not necessarily mean you're not going to do what you intend to do. What it means is maybe wait. Yeah. Yeah, right. Amen? Oh, waiting on the Lord is such a wonderful, wonderful benefit of being a believer. Now listen, folks. When we wait on the Lord, something wonderful can happen. You know, in Isaiah, he says, wait on the Lord. He says, those that wait on the Lord. Here's what happens, Jimmy. They will renew their strength. Amen. That's right. Now, I saw something about that verse of Scripture. If you could turn it up to Isaiah chapter 40, and it's one of those verses, 17 or 18, right around there. I want you to see this. This is so good and so important for you and for me. Say it with me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Did you know that there's a true faith? Did you know that there's a genuine faith? But did you also know that there's a false faith? And that there's a phony faith? A false faith is saying things that we haven't heard. Acting on things we haven't heard. No basis for it. All right? Isaiah chapter 40. Somebody help me. Verse 28. I had the wrong verse. Isaiah 40 verse 28. Isaiah 40 verse 28. It says, uh, I want verse 29. I want verse 31. Yeah, I want they that wait upon the Lord. I'm patiently waiting. I'm going to get it right sooner or later. 
Amen. That's a good point right there. It says, they that wait upon the Lord. Now, what does the word wait there mean? The word wait there means intermingle. It means to wait on him, to worship him, to settle into him, to allow his presence to envelop you. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, very interesting. As a result of them waiting upon him, that when they went to run, they weren't weary. And when they went to walk, they didn't faint. In other words, they were able to carry out the will of God because they took time to wait and to exchange their weakness for his strength. Now, I want you to keep this word up here. This is a word from God for us. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. That word renew there means exchange. Everyone say exchange. They shall exchange their weakness for his strength. And what the Lord showed me is this. That in a time of waiting upon the Lord, you not only need to exchange your weakness for his strength, but you need to exchange our thoughts for his thoughts. In other words, just come to him and say, Lord, you're a whole lot smarter than I am. As a matter of fact, I'm not that smart. So I just exchange my thinking, my low thinking. Lord, I exchange it. And I'm asking for your thoughts, your will, and your plan. Now look over at Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 10. This is interesting. Isaiah 55, 6 through 10 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is what? While he is near. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Now, we're not wicked, are we? And we're not unrighteous, are we? In Christ, we're the righteousness of God in Christ, right? But how many of you know that even the righteousness of God in Christ sometimes can have thoughts that are twisted? See, the word wicked, you get that word wicker from it. And something that's wickered, wickered furniture is twisted. See, we're, we are continually getting our mind renewed. Amen? But sometimes our thoughts can become twisted. Okay? And so it says, forsake those and let them return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God. For what will he do? Are you all awake? For he will abundantly pardon. Amen? Now notice verse, the next verse. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways, and your ways, my ways, says the Lord. So in this exchange, and in going to the Lord, and wanting to hear from him so that we can do and see, we must exchange our thoughts For his thoughts. Notice with me in verse 9. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But just because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts does not mean that we can't tap into his thinking. Invite him to give you his thinking on every situation in life. Now, Dad Hagen is Brenda's and my spiritual dad. Of course, Reverend George and Terry Emerald, too. And uh, a lot of times what he would do is he would go before the Lord and he would present what he was thinking to the Lord. He would say, Lord, now I'm thinking about going over here or I'm thinking about doing this, but I want to acknowledge you in this. I'm asking you, Lord, is my thinking right here? And if my thinking isn't right, I'm asking you to correct my thinking and show me exactly what you'd have me to do. Amen? Amen. And when you do that, oh, my brothers and sisters, you'll be able to hit it. You won't have to miss God. You'll be able to know the will and you'll be able to know the plan of God for your life. Look with me at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wait on the unction. Wait on the anointing. Wait for the knowing. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He says in 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3, he says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, that your faith groweth, how? Grows exceedingly. And the charity of every one of all of you abounds toward one another. I want you to notice that phrase, that your faith can grow exceedingly. I want my faith to grow. I want to cultivate my faith so that my faith becomes greater. Amen? Because I believe not only in my life, but I believe in your life that God wants to do some greater things. Now turn with me to Ephesians 3.20 and let's couple that scripture with that in Thessalonians. Ephesians, the third chapter and the 20th verse. Your faith can grow. Our faith can grow. And it can grow exceedingly. In verse 20 of Ephesians 3, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Now notice, according to what? It's according to the power that's working in us. That's Holy Ghost power, but it's also faith power. And so as our faith grows exceedingly, we position ourselves for God to do the exceeding, the abundant, the above, all that we ask or think. Now, I want you to notice that verse. It says that God is able. Amen? Now, we know that God is able, right? But it is in direct proportion to what is working on the inside of us. And what should be working and growing on the inside of our lives is the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of faith. Amen? Amen. My prayer for you in this year of the greater is that your faith would become greater, 
that your faith would become stronger and that we would absolutely hear from him in every area of our life and that we would see ourselves being able to accomplish the things that he would have us to do. That's my prayer, and I believe that's the will of God for you. May your faith grow. May your hearing become keen. May you have an expectation to hear from Him. And may your life be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, thank God. Let's stand to our feet and thank Him for His Word today. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Pastor Tom, if you'd come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So train your hearing by practicing the presence of God. Just spend time talking to God like you would a friend. Pray in the Spirit. Meditate on the Word of God. Amen? When God gives you direction, that's what He's saying to you. That is a rhema of God. Say it with me. The Spirit of truth abides in me. And teaches me all things. He guides me into all truths. Therefore I confess. I have perfect knowledge. Of every situation. And every circumstance. That I come up against. For I have the wisdom of God. The Lord is perfecting. That which concerns me. I do follow the Good Shepherd, and I know His voice, and the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. Hallelujah. I call unto you, and I know that you answer me, and you show me great and mighty things. Thank you, Lord, for leading me. And guiding me by your Spirit. Now I want us to pray in the Spirit or pray in English for a few moments.